Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. This week we are discussing Series 4, Episode 5. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. A reminder that this week's episode deals with mental health and mental illness, suspected child abuse and alcoholism. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, we meet the Pendergrass family. Janice gives birth to baby Raymond with Sister Julianne's help. The Pendergrass are Christian scientists, and after complaining that Raymond is constantly crying and can't settle, Sister Julianne checks in. She notices that Raymond has a collarbone fracture, but assumes it's a uncommon but possible side effect of giving birth. Raymond continues to struggle, and when he goes to the hospital for care, they find a fractured leg. Child abuse is suspected, and Raymond is removed to live with a foster family while there is an investigation. He suffers another injury, and Dr. Turner makes the diagnosis of brittle bone disorder. The Pendergrass are relieved but upset at the removal of Raymond and the investigation, and an even more overworked than usual Dr. Turner is in crisis. Sheila sends him home from the clinic and takes over not just as receptionist but as a nurse, which reconnects her with her profession and gives Dr. Turner the time to recover. Barbara connects with an expectant mother, Miss Katoon, and she learns she is Saletti and sets out to find a local woman who can help her translating as she cares for her through the end of her pregnancy. When the case turns serious and Barbara suspects diphtheria, Dr. Turner is called in to assist. Time off and gratitude from the community for all his help and treatment over the years has helped revive him, and he runs to Mrs. Katoon and Barbara's side. Last, Trixie is processing her breakup with Tom, and Nanata's house rallies around her. There we go. That's so, not- ladies, before yes. we start, before we start this episode, I just want to say um, this episode was the episode that sparked my idea for the podcast. Ooh, it was. Yes, it, yes, it was me, everyone. 
you can thank me later. Uh, but yeah, this is the episode that I watched and I thought, do you know what? I would love to watch an episode where people talk about, uh, to listen to a podcast story where people talk about this episode because there's some things in this episode that made me lol. Um, it was the bit with the nurse uniform, you know, um, when uh, Sheila wears the uniform and then Dr. Turner doesn't recognise her and says nurse and then he's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> And I genuinely thought that would be hilarious. So this is the actual uh, episode that sparked this idea. And I was like, girls, I've got an idea. What we could do, right, is watch an episode of Call the Midwife and then talk about it. And we can call it Recall the Midwife. What do you think? And you were both like, no. No, they weren't. (laughs) I was like, I'm not sure about this. You actually were. You did take persuading. I saw the genius immediately. And I, I am very, very glad you both agreed to do it. So thank you, ladies. Just wanted to say uh, that. This, yeah. I didn't realize this was the one. Well, and speaking of kind of hilarious moments, we'll get there. But there's a scene where Dr. Turner is running after Mrs. Pendergrass from like um, an office into the uh, into the like baby uh, nursery. And it is the most hilarious running on his part. I know. I, it was so Again, good. Also, that was another thing. Also, it's the speed of his running. It's like, she she didn't have that much of a head start on him. That's exactly what I thought. She didn't have that much of a head start. Also, just really quick as well, because we'll go back to the Pendergast. The um scene at the start when they're all got their feet in uh, water, in cold water because it's so hot. Yeah. That reminds me of my pregnancy. So I gave birth on the hottest day of the year in like 2017. Yeah. And my the day before, I was in the garden with an ice cream with my feet in cold ice water, crying. <laughs> So hot. Oh, summer so is, I, is my I think least favorite season. Start, we need to talk about the pronunciation of the Prendergast. <laughs> I can't say it now. It's Prendergast. Yeah, I thought it was Prendergast. Yeah, I what think did we're I all say? saying it slightly differently. Oh, I said Pendergast. Yeah. Prendergast. So it's, it's Prendergast. Gast. So there's two R's. There's P-R-E-N-D-E-R-G-A-S-T, right? Yes. yes. Oh, that okay. That's my fault. Well, at least I was only one letter off instead of the whole name being wrong this time. So, <laughs> as our as our OG about- listeners will know, I have a brain disease where I constantly forget people's names, say the wrong name, interchange names, and all of that. So, at least I got well, it mostly right. We also meet um, Violet in this episode. <gasps> Violet Buckle. Well, future Violet Buckle. And and Sister Mary Cynthia. I screamed yes. with delight. Screamed with delight. Yeah, but yeah. Fred, I was like, "What is Violet's surname?" Because at one point, I don't know if it's in this episode or the next episode, but Fred calls her Mrs. G, and I'm like, "What's her surname?" Um, so I looked it <laughs> up, and it's literally G. It's G. Well, I knew we've got. I've got a cycle shop near me. There's a man who's got the surname G, so I knew about the surname G. So it was normal, but yeah, yeah I just thought think, he was just abbreviating it, like Honey G, Honey G. Uh, that's <laughs> well, one now- of the British listeners. Just so I understand, because the way that Fred explained it when they were talking about the Mrs. Katoon, the the Saletti woman that Barbara was trying to connect with. Yeah. So Violet was married to a man no. who was friends with a, this Saletti man. I thought Violet took over the shop. Oh, no, no, she no. just took. No, we don't think she did. I think she's had it for years. I thought they were saying that Violet's husband was Violet's ex-husband who's died was friends with the Saletti man. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Maybe no, maybe me and Jenna wrong. She said Prendergrass for God's sake. <laughs> well, I, I thought I thought what was his name? Whose name? The man who died. 
Oh, I, I definitely don't know that. Name. I don't know that. Sure. Because I thought I thought Fred said that he had the button and bow shop. Oh. And then Violet took over the shop and she might know yeah. who the woman is. Okay, right. that makes that makes more sense. That well she did sense. know. It was Josie. And she might she might have had it for years. We don't know when he died. That's also a very good fact. Yeah. Yeah. Also, what I'd also like to point out about this button and bow shop is that we've only just met Violet. And when Fred goes to the button and bow shop for the first time with Barbara, he's like, oh, here it is. In future (laughs) episodes, we're going to see that people are never out of this shop. They're constantly (laughs) buying things from the button and bow shop. But also, if you notice how far away the shop is from the the actual Nanatas, it's it's around one corner. (laughs) They have to walk past it every time they go past under that bridge so yeah so should we talk about which storyline should we go there's two storylines isn't there there's the Prendergast and then there's um Amira cartoon and then Dr. Turner is kind of a first and Dr. Turner is kind of a through line for both of them yeah yeah let's do yeah let's do Prendergast first (laughs) (laughs) this is just gonna be an episode of us being really careful about how we say things (laughs) Well, first time for everything. So, um, <laughs> Raymond Pen- Prendergast is born, um, and oh, the heat, the heat. I was like, I put my notes here. Giving birth in heat, I feel her, but not on the. I thought of you. I thought of you in this. In this, yeah, scene. I felt for us so much. Not with like the religious zealousness of Christian Science, but with the giving birth in heat, because oh, it was horrific. Um, so yeah, but also, do you know what I found different about this birth? So obviously, they're praying and everything, and that's fine but they can do what they want but this seemed like a very very early male entry into the room because there was still blood on baby normally they're like keep the baby keep the males out there's no place for men in this room but this he became in pretty much straight away now after yeah because normally they don't normally they don't like them to until they've delivered the placenta do they so exactly. yeah it's 1960 now isn't it oh yeah got a council flat yeah, yeah. We've got one of the mod ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So she gives birth to this baby. Everything's all fine. They think. Um. And um. There's a scene where Sister Julianne comes about a few like the day after because they they come and visit them a few days after the birth. Like carry on. It seems to be like once a day or twice a day in the early days in these. It is. Yeah. For the first six weeks, I think they've said in previous episodes. I well, I think I think they said that in the book that they'll visit them every day for like yeah. We had none of that anyway. That's by the by. Um, mm. so they so she's up in a, high in the flat and Sister Julianne comes in and there's a neighbour there, and she's like bleeding holy rollers, not you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> just made me laugh because he was basically shouting at his wife because the baby was just absolutely screaming, yeah, um, and obviously shouting about the baby screaming is not the way to go but my baby was like that because it was so hot it was just so so hot they just couldn't get comfortable yeah it was just horrific hers was like reflux as well but his obviously was something a hell of a lot worse uh, Mm. which we'll go into but also the size of the nappy on that baby it's not gonna be nice in the heat well exactly exactly um so anyway Mm. sister julianne sees that there's something wrong with baby raymond prendergast's um i don't know why i said prendergast just say baby raymond um, make the whole tenuous, <laughs> not tenuous, contentious part of the uh, name out. No, but she basically says that his collarbone seems to be broken. Um, yeah. But it does happen in birth sometimes. The way she broke that news, oh, she was so lovely with it. So calm. Like, mm-hmm. if, I, I, if I ever wanted any bad news, I want it I want it delivered by Jenny Ag- Agatha, please. 
So if there's any bad news, oh. you just get her to do one of them videos you see on there <laughs> that you can get. You pay I'm telling you, what? If, if you, if we ever wanted to actually solve like peace in the Middle East or like any like, you know, uh, huge inter-geographic inter state, nation-state conflict or whatever, I'm just telling you, get Sister Julianne on the case. Like she will do it in like a day. She is so magnanimous and so gracious. She makes people just come together and feel so good. Like her ability to be so calm and diplomatic and wonderful and loving is unbelievable that's mm -hmm. all. Okay. And she, does, she does it with cynthia later like oh, we'll get there but like she anyways we'll get there but yes she i mean she's just doing it over and over again and the way she even said she's like it's no one's fault this just happens like i'm really sorry it has but like baby bones heal really fast you know like it'll be okay it's all right i mean she's like well <sighs> then so they obviously get it, the baby treated and they come back home and they've been given painkillers but because yeah. of their, um, I don't actually know if Chris, I don't know anything about that religion, but basically they're saying that they were pl pl praying for the baby and that they don't believe in medicine. Um, mm -hmm. So this poor little kid was there with no pain, pain relief. And, and Sister Julianne was like, you know, that's your belief. It's not mine. Um, mm -hmm. I have to know, say, though, how many times do you take paracetamol for something? It doesn't really cut it, does it? No. So. Well, she may not have given her. better. Did they not just give them paracetamol? Or did they give them some a bit hard, more hardcore? Do you think? No, it's just well, paracetamol. Hmm. Well, but also the thing is, like, I mean, it's a baby too, though. Don't forget. So, like, the baby's so tiny. Like, a little bit of paracetamol for a baby is probably way different than if we would take it, right? Like, yeah, it's probably a bigger hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, I can take like five. I mean, I'm not saying I do, but like, I could take like. Well, I have at the time taken like four or five Advil at once. And like, I'm oh, sure. Don't I mean, do that, Jen. That's pretty dangerous. I mean, I no, I know. I don't do it very often. It's only ever been like if I'm like really, really in pain with like period pain or something like that. But like, still um, doesn't excuse it. Don't do it ever again. This is on record. <laughs> okay. And don't publicize it when you do. <laughs> I'm just saying. This will come the, up in the inquest specs. Yeah. The, the, the poison <laughs> is in the dose, right? Okay. That's like a very common medical saying. Okay. Like how, like however much you take, that's where it can cause harm. And I think for a baby, like a little baby, tiny paracetamol also. So I wasn't sure if, if, if Christian scientists were also Jehovah's witnesses or Mormons, but they're not, they're all, they're separate. I actually wouldn't have thought that like Christian science really had that much presence in the UK. I was kind of surprised, but, um, I'm sure. I don't know if it did. It may have just been purely for this uh, storyline, but there must yeah. there must be some people like you know if you're a Christian scientist, hit us up. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's not something I was fully versed with. But you know, I'm not. An there were at least religion. three of them in Poplar in the at 1960s. Least three. At yeah, least exactly. Three. Well, yeah, we saw them. We witnessed them. Um, and also, it shows that he got into religion later because she's like he got into his fighting again. So anyway, sorry. Let's carry on first. So. Then um, he has a problem and she's like, I'm really concerned about his leg um, and it's not moving. And Dr. Turner's like, whoa, uh, this looks like a break. And then Dr. Q Dr. Dr. Accuser, I've just I've written here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Turner went very accusatory. Mr. Prendergast's temper did not help, but obviously they've thrown that in to kind of make it a bit of a... <laughs> I think that adds to the suspicion because he's obviously got yes. a bit of a temper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the dramatic license right there, for sure. But at that point, when it was a, when it was that... And I'm no medical expert, um, you know, nearly am, but I'm not. Um, but the point the, at the point where um, Ray, baby Raymond had a broken leg, I thought, oh, brittle bone disease, maybe. 
Doctor Turner did. Just say well, it. Well, what, well, what was okay? Yeah, you who watched the episode already forty five hundred times um, before. This, I'm but... the first time I watched it, Jen. Well, yeah, but I'm basically you, I mean... a genius, yeah. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Okay, like there's no way in in heck you would think. Oh, what about a really, 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 really rare disease rather than something incredibly, incredibly common? Unfortunately, like that, you know, like. No, I did though. I did genuinely think brittle bone disease. Well, you probably thought that because you were watching a TV show and you were, and the parents were like so yeah. racked with guilt and like wondering, and then you were like, "Oh, hmm, I wonder if the dramatic device is." Really I don't like think a- I'm a prophet or anything, Jen. But all I'm saying <laughs> is, I got there before Doctor Two. I'm not bragging, but <laughs> let's test this. If any listeners have got any health issues, send in your symptoms. We'll get Alex to diagnose you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my we'll God. Have, like that'd be amazing. We'll have like Grey's Anatomy like session or whatever where Alex is like come into my office I will say I did turn to my mom at some point after the parents were just so baffled about it and I was like wait a minute is this one of those things where it's like a really rare disease or something like that and she was like oh yeah I think it might be because we've obviously watched these episodes before so then I mean we did up to my level uh-huh yes definitely <laughs> <laughs> so anyway Dr. Turner's like look you need to think about anything you've done basically saying have you shook the baby thrown it across the room uh, and, and they're like, no. And Sister Julienne and him had a meeting about it. And Sister Julienne, again, such a wise woman. She was like, mm-hmm. we must be wary of jumping to conclusions. So what Dr. Turner did was then contact NSPCC. <laughs> Just jumped straight to a conclusion. Well, but the thing is, you're not, I mean, listen, I know I'm being a killjoy and not going along. But, like, the thing is, like, you're not going to wait for, like, a third broken bone. You know what I mean? This baby is not even, like, I would. <laughs> <laughs> And thank God you don't work in any child protective services capacity. I'd be like, three proves it. Three's <laughs> a job. Call me when the other leg is broken. Yeah, that would be Becky right there. Well, and case in point, though, actually, so the baby, they do start the investigation. The parents are absolutely, like, heartbroken, understandably. Well, there's a court um, order against them that the, that the charity have... Uh... Yeah, well, they take the... They t- they remove Raymond from the home and they, they put it in a foster care situation. And and then it's the foster mother that... Or the foster caregiver, whatever, um, that comes into the, sur- the Dr. Turner's clinic surgery... And says, I've literally been treating this child with kid kid gloves. Like I've been so 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 careful because um, I want I want you know I know well, I know still healing. Yeah yeah yeah. Like I know they've already you know had these injuries. And she's like, but now I'm I'm just really not sure. And she's like, and then they look at the baby's back and there's a bump on the back and they think it might be a I think a fractured rib or something. They say. You know and- what annoys me here is that the foster mum is basically saying like. She's really shaken up and she's like, we've not done it. Like she starts to say, we've not done anything. And Dr. Turner immediately is like, oh, of course not. I was like, well, you weren't like that with the Prendergasts. Because he had a temper. <laughs> you girls. But that's when he says, he's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe like I need to think outside the box here. And then he goes to his medical books and he figures out that it's, um, I think all they say, I mean, I don't think there's a more formal name. They say, they say brittle bone disease that, you know, he's got this condition. Wasn't it um, uh, osteo? Oh, osteo something stasis. Uh, my... oh, we're just medical geniuses. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, girls. Okay. Wow. Like, talk about. It, had, it sounded, it was a Latin name, but it, it sounded like a comedy Latin name. Osteogenesis imperfecta. It's the imperfecta. It's like, 
It's like when you try and do an accent, you're like, imperfecta. Imperfecta. It sounds like a Harry Potter curse, basically. Um, so anyway, um, they obviously... Oh, wait. Get... But oh, there's, sorry, there's less than 20,000 cases per year of this. That's why it was so good that I actually recognized it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the Columbo of medical science, Alex. That's I've got a squint and everything. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, so then it comes out. So NSPCC, by the way, can I just say shout out to them? They're still going strong to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah amazing anyway um so then that dr turner and sister julianne kind of break the news to the prendergasts that actually their baby's very poorly and that um it'll probably end up in a wheelchair because of it and um because obviously it's it's going to affect his life massively Um, yeah and then dr turner's like do you want to lift to the hospital and they're like no i don't want to go anywhere with you after you've just i love that bit when they're like no we'll get the bus thank you yeah mm, i really felt bad for everybody in that scene actually yeah, it was all because I, I mean the parents have obviously gone through the ringer they're innocent but to be accused of something like that is terrible and then talk to turner because you can tell he feels really bad like he feels oh, really really bad it absolutely affected him mentally horrifically mm-hmm. yeah no wonder no wonder um yeah, it was that was a, that was a really sad, oh, very sad story all around. Because the thing is, even when they're exonerated and like everything with them checks out in a good way, then they end up getting this really sad diagnosis that is going to be following them around. You know, and you know, yeah. what, you know what it actually reminded me of the episode that this was maybe in season two or in season three. I think maybe season two. Um, it was a, a patient of Jenny's and it was the mom who her her baby was having so much trouble with um, Martin like, and Ian. Yeah, like they couldn't keep the food down and they had all the and, and like Jenny was like, Well, but maybe it's sanitation and maybe the you know, the milk and this and this and they like went over around to try to help her kind of get ahead of it. And she was just like, They're upset, like this baby is crying all the time. My older son is still not doing well. And like and she was kind of spiraling out thinking it was her not doing something. And then the father says to Jenny, Oh, you know, there's this rare disease in my family history and da 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 and then they figure out that the both of the children do have that disease. And it was the I salt just- on the brow from um sister monica jones cystic fibrosis exactly cystic fibrosis yes 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 so even though like their kind of personal struggle like of their parenting has been resolved and no one's at fault it's unfortunately like something no one could control then they enter into like a new really challenging situation which is you know my children have this really really challenging diagnosis and that needs um, medical intervention but they don't believe in it so but obviously they didn't carry on going into that but well and i I gotta be honest i i I struggled with the Christian science thing about like praying instead of giving, you know, modern medicine. Um, I, I struggled with that as I was watching the episode. I mean, it didn't really focus. That wasn't really what the storyline was about, but it was just a feature of it. But, um, but thank goodness. This is going to sound wrong. The baby had brittle bone disease because Christian science does allow for the fixing of bones. The setting oh, of bones. Yeah. Well, I also wondered what would happen if she got pregnant again. Like, would would the likelihood that they would have a child with that disease happen twice? Like, is it? I wondered. I wondered, or if that's you know how I don't. I mean, we don't know that. Um, but... Well, as as the world's leading expert on. Um, yeah, uh, I was going to say, what's what's your medical opinion on that, Alex? What do you think I've the no likelihood idea. is? I, was that... <laughs> I do. Based on the numbers, I don't think it's genetic. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> we could actually just do a simple Google and find this out. Um, but, Here, I'll, um I'll 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 do it right now. Well, in the meantime, um, let's talk about... to, well, I was going to say about Mr. Prendergast. <laughs> because... Oh, it is a genetic disorder. 
Oh, we were wrong. I've obviously not got. <laughs> I, I, I didn't actually comment on it. So yeah, bad medical, bad medical commentary is going to be our second podcast where we're just like, hmm, what, what about, uh, what about astigmatism? How often does that occur? Wait, like, maybe we could call it like medical prophecy because I, I, I knew before <laughs> Doctor Turner. Anyway, correct. Oh my God, Alex, you're like, um, who's that? Who's the guy? Who's Megan Mave? The you're like Nicholas, um you're like nicholas somebody somebody that they that they follow oh. from their like naturalism or whatever i am um yeah who's it, that it, guy's name i want to say flamel but that's very... is it is it is it nicholas yes. culpepper yes. yeah that's who you are right? so 2023 <laughs> i do have that many followers so yes <laughs> um speaking of doctors let's go okay. on to turn really quick so okay. he had a load of, so obviously this was a really stressful case for him and it wasn't nice yeah. to take the kids away from the from the parents. It's just awful. This whole stressful situation. But on and the, even um, when he thought, even when they still suspected the Prendergast, like he was still really struggling with the fact that he'd had to call. Yeah, and it also he is in his, his position of responsibility. He has to, he has to do something about it. You're right. He can wait for like third times a charm. He had to do something about it. Um, and also, obviously, none of us would advocate for that. I mean, we were joking, of course. Yeah. But. But also yeah. he was saying he had loads more patients at the start. He had loads more patients than he normally did because another mm-hmm. doctor, he was already covering one doctor's patient load. And then another doctor wanted two weeks in Bognor Regis. So he was like, oh, Lyme Regis. And he was <laughs> like, oh, Regis. can you, uh, can you take the, he's like, oh, okay. Um, so he did that. So he had a lot of hot. pressure on. Yeah, well, exactly though. So can I just say, just on this point, um, yeah. All those people with um, sun damage in the uh, in the changing room really annoyed me. I literally, I literally just googled when was SPF invented because I absolutely want to talk about sunburns being treated rampant as like a medical issue in this episode. Like there were like eighty patients that all just had like so many sunburns. Like you could just tell the costume, like the makeup department had had to like rouge everyone's like necks and shoulders to a maximum effect because they all had to look like they were sunburned. Like, okay. And by the way, I did just Google it. SPF was not invented until 1974. 14 years after. So anyway, so anyway, Dr. Turner had this high pressure thing. He had so much going on. It was hot. It was busy. It was horrendous. And uh, poor Fred goes into the surgery to get his uh, his back seen to. He'd done something to his back, mm-hmm. and Doctor Turner was about to start examining him when he just lost he just lost it. He just lost his confidence in himself. He just had a bit of a funny turn. It, mm-hmm. it was awful. So he basically said to Fred, "Oh, can you just leave a second? I'll, I'll, I'll be with you in a second. And then Fred had the good sense to go and get Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Turner to Sheila, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and she was like, "Right, everyone." Off you, off you, pop. I know you've all been waiting here for <laughs> ages, but we're gonna get it. You're gonna go. So, uh, well, so sorry. Like she goes into him, and she's like, "Wait, what's going on?" And he's like shaking. He's like absolutely freaking out. He looks like he looks like you know, like an animal that's like been caught and is just is just like so terrified. I mean, he really has that like very you know like fragile. Like the headlights. And she's like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I will be. Just a minute, uh, you know." Like he, he just seems so terrible. And she's like, "Okay, you know what? Um, no, I'm gonna cancel all your patients." She's like, "No, I don't. You don't have to do that." And she's like, "Yes, I do have to do that. I am literally gonna do it right this very second. We're he gonna was take so you good at that as well, though. She was so commanding and like, "No, yeah. this is what's happening." Yeah, I mean, she does make him God. do handwriting lessons, but on the plus side of that, she is very commanding <laughs> and does sort it. I can't believe you didn't say put it in a drawer, Sheila. <laughs> But anyway, so the, so he goes home, basically goes on bed rest, and she's like, "I'm going to handle everything. Don't you worry about it." 
you know, I'll, I'll take care of it all. And so then when they reopen the clinic, she's kind of trying to direct everyone and tell people and she's like, listen, I can also see you, you know, I can, you know, for like more minor things and stuff like that, I can take care of you. And they're like, um, no, we really don't, we really don't want you to be seen, seeing us like you're just a receptionist. And she's like, no, I'm a qualified nurse, which by the way, a lot of these people should know that she's a qualified nurse because, I mean, she's been around and popular for, like, over a decade. Like, I mean, She probably delivered half those children. I, I was oh, thinking I'm that. She delivered sure. those babies. But saying I'm that, sure. they wouldn't have recognised her without a habit on. Not everyone knows. Like, there's no such thing as Facebook or not everyone <laughs> knows that she's, like, turned into a wife. Well, now, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess she looks different because she was wearing a habit before, but... So then Patsy comes in to help and they're like, oh, I want to see her. I'm going to wait for her. And so she's like, okay, wait, none of this. This isn't going to work. So that's when she goes to Sister Julianne and says, you know, can I have a nurse's uniform? I just need to, you know, kind of like streamline this process or whatever. And so then when we see her back at the clinic, she's in the nurse's outfit. And, you know, apparently that was enough for everyone else. They just were like, okay, as long as you put on the right outfit, then I guess I'm going to trust you. So then so she shall we talk about what? Let's pause on the Dr. Turner a second because then we've got the cartoon. And then we should go back to Dr. Turner, I think, because okay. the whole situation with Dr. Turner was kind of triggered by Dr. By Dr. Amira Cartoon. Mm-hmm. On that point about um, Sheila being in the nurse's uniform, though, um, I my nephew was in hospital for a while and I used to go and visit him on my lunch breaks and things. And I was sometimes when I would arrive, there would be like doctors in the room talking to them and things. So I would just kind of sit on a chair and wait for them to be finished and there were some student doctors in there at one point and they were like asking them loads of questions and things and then they began to talk to me as if I was a medical professional (laughs) and (laughs) I went oh no I'm just his auntie I'm just visiting and they were like oh we just saw the lanyard on you and I'd still had my lanyard on because I'd literally just come from work so actually if we just wear a lanyard and go into a hospital people will take us seriously you'll just be like third time's a charm for a break so (laughs) and alex will just be consulting on cases she'll be like yes i do agree with that opinion yep surgery is imminent Mm -hmm, yeah hello i'll be like i'll have this podcast as proof i'll be like hello i realized it was brittle bone disease before anyone else (laughs) before a qualified doctor You'd be like, yes, anterior, uh, biohemeral, uh, you know, cata company. Uh, yes, oh, yes, thank you. Yes, very good opinion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jen, you're making stuff up now. I just say facts. Yeah. So, oh, like what? Do you want? Do you want to give us a sample of facts that I recognised it was brittle bone disease before Dr. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> yeah. So, America took tune. Yes. Margaret, can we just talk are about we not gonna, Are we going to come back to Dr. Turner? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you literally got... just said that, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. So, all right, <laughs> everyone, everyone, you can listen. Becky doesn't. It's fine. So, <laughs> we all just come in and out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. So, anyway, so Barbara, we all know how I feel about Barbara. Um, yes. She's now not, not content with having enough work as, uh, as a midwife in, uh, in Poplar. She's going out looking for business. Um, mm-hmm. So she, they're by a school and she sees a mother who is Amira Katoon that we find out later. Can I just say mm-hmm. how cute is her son? Oh, and he was also so mature. Like, but he basically has to translate because um, Barbara finds out that she doesn't speak any English. So the little boy has to translate so that Barbara can encourage us to come to clinic. And then, and then when they're doing an examination... And he's having, like, when she's talking about, like, we'll support you through the birth, and she's like, can you translate that for me? He's like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just like, 
when does that little boy ever come across some of those terms? <laughs> well, you know what made me laugh was in that first scene where um, Barbara starts talking to the woman and the mom is just kind of like, yeah, I don't, she's just giving this expression without saying anything. She's just kind of like, I really am lost here. I don't know what you're saying. And then the, and then her son, the little boy comes over and he's like, oh, she can't speak English. And Barbara's like, oh, oh, okay. Well, that's all right. Like something, something. And then, so then he starts translating but then literally, like, Barbara asks a question and the teacher comes out and says recess is over. And then literally without saying bye or anything, he just runs away. And yeah, I'm that's like, what happens when the school bell, bell happens. It still happens now to my daughter's school. The school bell happens. Don't matter no, what I... you're doing. She's like, ciao, just runs in. <laughs> well, at least she says bye. I mean, he could have been like, listen, I got to go. Like, can I meet you? I mean, like, it just he just he just runs. He owes her just... nothing, Jen. It was hilarious. <laughs> Barbara was just saying they're like, uh, 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 you know, like it was. One of those things. Oh, but also interesting fact about Mrs. Katoon. Barbara first thinks that she is an Indian woman and then figures out that she can find some information by looking in the health records and looks her up. Or no, 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 not health records. She goes to the school and finds the family through the school. But the school, I don't know, admin, secretary, guidance counselor, whatever you want to call it, tells her that the family is not Indian. They are Saleti, which yeah. is a, a smaller sect within... Um, the Bengal region of India. I literally Googled this yesterday when I was same, watching because I'd never same. heard of this. Yeah. Well done. I did that, but you explained it much better than I would have. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what I, exactly what I just thought. <laughs> and they, you know, they immigrated here, you know, well, to the UK in the 1960s in the show and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but they speak a different language, you know, some different customs and everything. There's a lot that's similar, but it is demonstrably different. So um, that well, was a really also interesting Also, the other, other thing to note on this, so Barbara goes to the Rolodex looking to see if she's on the records. Mm -hmm. And she's like, and she says to Trixie, or it might be Bob, uh, be Patsy, but she's saying, um, "Is there any? I'm looking on the Rolodex for any for an Indian woman, and there's yeah. none, zero Indian women on mm. the uh, on in the Rolodex. And obviously, there will be Indian women living around Poplar, which we know there is, and Saleti women and other other nationalities. Yeah. But this is kind of the start of Barbara start, starting on that journey, getting more people of ethnic minorities to come to them as well." Yeah, yeah. I also loved when Barbara let Patsy know that she tracked her down and Patsy was like, good Nancy Drewing. Because as a <laughs> child, I was an avid Nancy Drew reader. Oh, yes, yes. It's, it's Those are good books. Everyone's, oh, I, remember, I remember reading those. I remember so, yeah, me I in the library. That. I wasn't into it, I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> You're only interested in men being a medical detective. Well, yeah, I just read um, The Lancet. Uh, so yeah, and, and, like and, Timothy. and, and yeah. like Grey's Anatomy and you know like um you know the irony here is I'm the most squeamish person ever as if I'd ever read anything medical <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so it's, it's all going well so Barbara basically gets her on the books she gets Josie who is the daughter of um a man who's selected that Fred knew it's all very tenuous but it's great so um, Josie comes and translates because there's a really awkward, um, as Beck said before, there's a really awkward scene at clinic where the, the son has to be there for it. And he's behind a curtain, but she can't. But, but I think it's can't... funny that he's literally sat on a chair behind the curtain. It's not even difficult with it. Well, and what's, 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 it's not hilarious, really. It's not funny, but like he's there. Okay, granted, that makes sense that he's there. But then they ask, you know, Trixie comes out and she says to Barbara, she's like, look, I... 
I need to do an internal exam, but yeah, like, exactly. I can't do it if I can't do it if I'm going to be talking to this like little kid, you know, about it. Like that's just a little too intimate or whatever. And Barbara's like, oh yeah, that presents a problem. And so then they ask the little boy, they're like, does your mom have any friends? Like anybody? And he's like, no, no, like there's no women here. Like, you know, we immigrated with my dad, but because my, my mom said that she would miss him too much if they had to stay, they had to be separated. And I was like, where is this father? And like, just spoiler alert, the father literally doesn't show up until the last 30 seconds. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Seconds of the episode of this show. Like, I'm like, what? the dad isn't here maybe... anything. I'm like, my God. Maybe this is, I mean, this is part of the, it's not the only reason I'm not a medical professional. I would have tried to sign it to her. I would have been like. <laughs> now, Becky has just done a very inappropriate. <laughs> I think they could have indicated what they wanted to do. Well, I was talking to my friends the other day about this. So I went to a kid's party the other day and someone's pregnant. It was a long, we were talking about it. And someone's about to have a baby. Anyway, we were talking about the fact that in 2017, I had my child, right? Mm-hmm. And they still, to this day, use fingers as an indicator of how how dilated you are. Now, yeah. you can measure things with lasers and everything nowadays. Why don't they do that to see how dilated you are rather than use fingers? They want that you want you'd prefer that they use a laser on yeah. your vagina when you're yes. in. I'd much rather have a it's more it's surely more um sanitary. No, you're because they still got to go up there. You're, we- you're, wearing, you're wearing a glove and everything. Do they wear gloves? I'm joking. Um <laughs> Because they're measuring tool on an iPhone, they could just get their phone out and shine yeah. it up there. Exactly, that's what I meant. No, anyway. I think no. You girls are being so. <laughs> so no, I'm not behind this, Jen. I, I'm totally like. I, also, the fact that you lot were having that conversation <laughs> at a kids' party. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I'm, anyway. I'm, I'm, it, it, hang on, look, hang on. We're getting okay, off. I, we're getting off. So, uh, so anyway, so you she took gets took us off, off track, and now you're mad that we're off track. <laughs> Are you talking about Pride and Prejudice again, you two? So anyway, <laughs> so um, so she has now on their books and she's really excited about being, and she says she really misses female companionship. So there's this gorgeous yeah. scene where she brings samosas to um, Nanata's house. Oh, and that was one of our deleted scenes. Oh, they, oh honestly, they don't oh, know. Oh, it was a lovely bad. scene. Because she bad. kind of looked, the, every, all the nurses and midwives were sat around the table on a lovely spread. And she kind of looked I thought she looked longingly at them because I think she just really missed that I know mm. but um, also with the samosas so I, in my friend after uni I lived in a house in a shared house 
And my friend, his mum's Indian, and she made the most amazing samosas. And she used to, every time she used to come and visit, she used to give us like five massive bags for the freezer. Oh, <laughs> amazing. And it just reminded I, me of them because they were so amazing. I was going to say, samosas are a wonderful thing to give. Like they are delicious, especially like a real home cook that makes them really good. You know what I mean? Like somebody's mom or somebody's grandma or, yeah. you know, whoever who like really knows how to make them right. Oh my God, I love that kind of food. It's well, I so went to his brother's like 18th and they did the most because it was uh, obviously all her family's Indian. So they mm. just did this massive um, like buffet of India. Oh, it was the best food I've ever had in my life. Oh my Shout God. out to them. You know who you are. They're not oh. <laughs> they always listen. <laughs> they'll be like oh my god we that might be us i'll be like there's medical professional surely it's alex <laughs> uh, so anyway so so everything seems to be going really well and everyone's really happy and it's all yay 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 and then but mrs mrs cartoon is having really really bad back pain and no one ever yes. is figuring out why right so but yeah. that's just random isn't it that's not so she ends she's got diphtheria but that's not connected with the diphtheria is it well, it is, isn't it? bones connected to the dip theory. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's my medical knowledge for you. <laughs> or maybe it was like a chest thing, being the, being the medical wonder that I am. Oh, wait. Okay. Anyway, her son comes up. This is just running. a podcast of us Googling lots of... Um... Well, I'm trying to talk along. But <laughs> what's well, I'm, symptoms? I, I, I just Googled diphtheria symptoms. No, this is just an advertisement for Google services, basically, because that's what we're doing. The, <laughs> I don't think so, it needs more advertising. So apparently you can experience chills, fatigue, fever, or malaise, and then a lot of uh, muscle weakness, um, swelling, and things like that. So it sounds like... Um, I think know. she just had a bit of sciatica. Yeah, yeah, I had sciatica. Well, nice. whose who's back doesn't hurt when they're pregnant, especially when yeah, you get no like, really far? No one. Yeah. So Amira Katoon's son comes running towards Nanata's house and he's like, my mum, help, she's sick, she's sick, help. Um, and it's actually Sister Cynthia, shout out to Sister Cynthia, Sister Mary Cynthia, it was so exciting. Um, we need to talk about her as well in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but So she's like, oh, we need to go sort something. So she runs to Dr. Turner's, which is when we're going back to Dr. Turner now. Right. So Dr. Lovely. Turner's been in bed, convalescing. Um, he's not well, but he's just had a scene with Timothy Mm-hmm. showing the community love and bless timothy can i just say poor timothy holding the fort for them she's oh. up he's in bed he's looking after angela getting the tea ready sorting out he's even got a list he's itemized everything that all the communities brought around <laughs> and he's, he's so eating good. a bit of cake off that mrs b brought around and he deserves that cake he deserves oh, more than flaming cake put your head in it mate um, yeah. And also, he's there giving up pep talks to his dad. It's like, if I'm half as good as the as, as you one day, I'll be proud. Oh, oh, Tim. Tim is Tim is so sweet. I he's, know. And he's so mature. I mean, he's he's, he's so me. ahead of his time. Yeah. He's himself up, Jen. In fact, I'm thinking of, of a couple of scenes, like, in later seasons of the show where he is just so truly wise beyond his years. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll not get into that now, but, oh, Tim is great. So the anyway. whole scene where Dr. Turner has basically gone to sleep and then woken up days later with all those tokens from all of his patients it did put me in mind of you know those days when you leave your phone at home and you think when I get home I'm gonna have a ton of messages on that phone (laughs) and then you get home and there's none that would have been me in that situation but it's the opposite of that yeah I'd have been loads of messages asking for medical advice uh so anyway (laughs) (laughs) 
Right, that's the last I'm going to do about that joke. So, no, anyway. Not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, we all know it's not. We all so, anyway. know. So, Sister Mary Cynthia gets him and he's like, oh, she's like, it smells funny, diphtheria. So she goes um, and runs. She's like, I know, I'm really sorry. I know you're ill. I know you're not very well, but we really, really need medical intervention. The breathing's very shallow. I'm really worried that we're going to lose her. So he like, says the flying squad's been called, but it's over 20 minutes since they've been called yeah. and they're still not here. And, and like, we're the really, really... not landed. Yeah, yeah. Like she, like this woman is like getting very, very bad. And like, yeah, we're not hearing any whoosh whoosh on the top of the building. So yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, he was like, right. He comes to have a look at her and he's like, we need to do tracheotomy right now. I need my and bag. The- and they're like, wait, wait, wait. And he's like, well, listen, what else do you want me to do? She's not breathing. Like, literally, she's going to suffocate if I don't do this. Yeah, so he runs to the surgery. I think he runs to the surgery before the, this, but either way. He's like, and I'm sorry, nurse, I need my bag. And then who turns around in the nurse's uniform but Mrs. <gasps> Turner. And he's Ta-da! like, he, the look he gives her of, like, admiration, pure, unadulterated sex. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a very, like, hot look between the two of them. Yes, oh, it is. she'll be wearing that later, I can tell you that for nothing. <laughs> um, and then so... she won't be. <laughs> well, then she won't be, yeah. So anyway, he he, uh, he goes and he, do- he performs his tracheotomy. And can I just say, like, I've just not been very well for a few weeks, like, with a, with bronchitis and not feeling very well. I had a sickness bug. It was horrific. Like, to feel that ill and then have to perform a tracheotomy. <laughs> like, I could do it. <laughs> of course you could and you could do so much more than that you know you're so you're so heroic and brave and like you know feeling medical terrible and then having to do that well i will say he he does feel really bad but the thing that the thing that we haven't touched on completely in this is you know he is overworked it's the middle of summer he's he's literally hot like it's it's overheated all the time they're all everyone everyone in the episode is eating popsicles all day long and he has a, an incredible caseload you know all of that is true but really what the what the problem is is more that um, everyone's he's concerned and Sheila specifically is concerned about him having kind of a nervous breakdown, basically some kind of, you know, yeah, uh, like a stress response. And, th- and then she's worried that if that leads to, you know, depression and like kind of, you know, remembering the trauma that he experienced post-war and going back to that issue, that then he's going to, you know, really have a mental health problem yeah. well, that she's going to have to Julianne, to, you know, didn't she? sister julienne saying about shell shock, if the shell shock comes back and... yeah yeah so that's what she's really worried about is a relapse of like you know some really serious you know psychological she's not worried issues. about timothy or randall or anything no 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 she's like oh they'll be fine they'll take care of themselves especially they angela, just raise you know? themselves yeah exactly she just plops angela in the other room she's fine um but but Sheila's right, you know, like rest relaxation you know all of that kind of stuff is a really good treatment um you know obviously more serious intervention is required if if other things start to happen but it you know it seems like if dr you know it seems like in the episode that dr turner really just needed a break and if he could just get some some rest some relaxation you know a chance to kind of you know recuperate yeah that he that he was going to be able to bounce back and and it's it's both you know like the rest and everything but then also you know seeing all of that you know, response from the people of Poplar. Because the other thing he says explicitly in the episode is, you know, what if I make a mistake again? What if I misdiagnose someone again? What if I assume something and it's wrong and then someone gets hurt? Like, I'm really, really, really worried about that. And that kind of starts him like spiraling, you know, a little bit out of control. And then because he's so tired, because he's so overworked, because he's so stressed out, then he just kind of like gets a bit uh, fixated. And then he, you know, he kind of Starts he's to starting to doubt panic. himself, isn't he? Yeah. I have to panic, say, yeah. we do say that um, Sister Julianne gives the best advice, but when Sheila goes to her, Sister, Sister Julianne basically says, well, it's not wartime. 
comment. She was that. I don't quite think she was that. You know, yeah. <laughs> she was a bit glib, I'm not going to lie. For Julianne, <laughs> she was glib. For Julianne, she was glib. For the rest of humanity, she was incredibly, like, sensitive. Supportive yeah. and understanding. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> but but visiting Mrs. Cattoon really re- re- really like then fully completes the revival of Doctor Turner back to yes. kind of his old self. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's a combination of um, obviously performing the tracheotomy, but the confidence to get it back was the community and Timothy showing that much yeah. confidence in him when yeah. he did had no confidence in himself. So that was a exactly you know, that was it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and right, let's talk about system. Oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, it's understandable that he got that he got burned out. I mean, he, he had a massive caseload. He took on the patients of a whole other doctor's practice. And then there was some intimation, I feel like, in the way that Sheila was talking, was that they even had extra responsibility on him for something else. I can't remember now. It was but somebody like, else's he was already covering. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, how much can one man take? I mean, my God, it's like... You know, and he already serves like the whole popular community on his own anyway, even on just a regular day. I mean, I mean, how much aloe vera could he apply? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing, yeah, I mean, I, wait. I, uh, okay, I, I'm not going to say it now. I'll save it for heroes and zeros, but okay. My, that's my zero, so we need to uh, look into that, but we can have a save. <laughs> uh, right, Sister Mary Cynthia, how, oh, what a joyous, joyous, joyous day. Well, and we got to see Sister Evangelina at the same time. Because yes. they were both at the mother house. And is that the first time we've seen the mother house, or is that the first time I've noticed it? I think it's the first time we've seen it. I think. I, I mean, we just, we just saw the door, but no, it's not the first time because didn't oh. didn't sister didn't Sheila have to go and help? No, it is the first time. No, I'm thinking wait, about no, another wait. episode. Wait, didn't we see? Didn't we see Cynthia at the mother house when she was a novitiate when she was praying when she woke up? Remember, or there was, was Je- scene- did Jenny go to the mother house when she? Yeah. Yes, we did anyone see the house? Did we? To the window. But anyway, yeah. it, was like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Sister yeah. Evangelina was so kind, so supportive. It was like another, another another person. She was so good, though. The advice she gave her, like, if it's in here, you know, that's what, if, if you're sure I'm in here, it'll all, rest will all come to... Uh, I just love the return of Sister Mary <laughs> Cynthia. What? What? What'd you say? I wasn't loving her return. Why? Why? It was such a happy day, as Sister Julianne said. Will- it, it didn't like knock my socks off, but I, I what what do you mean? Because Trixie is going through a really hard time at the moment. Yes. I yes, did write yes. this down, yes. Yeah, and at I any agree. point did she go to Trixie and say and she even noticed that Trixie had come to adore it because she was when she'd Trixie had been sorting through all of her possessions and she'd been returning engagement gifts and she's obviously yeah. going through a box of mementos and she'd come across a photo of her and Cynthia. And she goes to speak to her. Cynthia saw her sneaking off because Trixie didn't want to intrude while she was praying. At no point, as Sister Mary Cynthia said, oh, Trixie, you're having a really hard time at the moment. How are you? I know, I did think that. That's what I thought as well. And I didn't know if you guys might have gotten an extra scene where they did have some kind of a conversation. But I thought it was weird, too, that Cynthia, like, didn't try to, especially knowing, like, didn't try to say something to Trixie or connect with her. Even just as a friend, you know, like, just to say, oh, I'm back, like, I've missed you. Like, you know, how are you and everything? I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. And I think Trick. I felt that Trixie felt that it's not this. Like she's back, but it's not the same. Yeah. Well, it it must be a strange transition for Sister Mary Cynthia in defence of her, because it's she's going back to her old life, but it's not her old life because she's a completely new position because she's now a nun. 
So it is must yeah. be so strange. And she's also not doing midwifery. She, she's gone back, but she's only doing district for now. So it, I think she was a bit thrown there. Um, and then she's trying to settle into this new life with also she's got so many, she's got so much work to do um, for to become a nun properly. Um, so it must be hard. But yeah, I'm totally agreeing with you. That that scene where Winifred, uh, Sister Winifred and Sister Mary Cynthia are going up the stairs and Cynthia's, and Trixie's coming down, sorry. Um, mm. And there's a scene, that scene's just so awkward and you feel like Sister Cynthia should be like, Trixie, I'm so sorry about you and Tom you know I hope you're okay and all this but literally nothing said and it, it was very awkward you are right there but I was so glad to have her back because she's just so gentle and loving and lovely I mean I'll get there but this episode I wasn't feeling it oh, I'm kind of with you Bex I, also, I love her too I'm glad to see her back but like this week I just kind of didn't have a lot of feeling too much about it um I'll tell you which scene I did love with uh, Sister Mary Cynthia was when Fred got her trusty seed ready back for her um, oh. but he was wearing hanky on his head <laughs> yeah the bit that got me though is where Cynthia when they um Farouk comes and alerts them at the nurse's house that his mum's not very well and they have to run and get Dr Turner and he's literally just got out of his bed and sister Mary Cynthia basically bursts into the house and is like doctor we need you that's the first time he's seen sister Mary Cynthia since she was just Cynthia oh yeah I would have been like oh my god Cynthia <laughs> We've got to sit down and have a couple before we do anything else. It's been so long. Catch me up. She's like, no, you've got to perform a tracheotomy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so and also, like, with addition with Fred having a napkin on his head, he also, like, was almost topless this whole episode. Yeah, just yeah. in his vest. It must have yeah. been so hot, though. Yeah, but I was like, oh, my goodness, Fred. Like, wow, scandalous outfit choice there. There was know? a point, though, actually, when I think about it, when um, when Fred was doing the gardening and then he pulled his back and then... They sit him on the chair. And at one point I was like, oh my God, Fred's a bit ripped. And then I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, there's some there's something wrong with you there. Um, he's not. But also I thought he'd pulled his back, not pulled his back. I thought he'd pretended to pull his back just to get a chair. But then he had that accident on his part. Sorry, Cliff, who plays him. That was I just genuinely thought he'd done that to get a chair and an ice cream. But he actually had hurt his back. Can I just say that scene? with the midwives out in the garden, having ice lollies, having a big old chat. Oh, I loved it. I was like, this is what Call the Midwives is about. Again, another oh. reason why I wanted to do the podcast. That was well, another scene that I thought, oh, delicious. I love it. And, es- and especially um, Phyllis, like putting her feet in a bowl of cold water and then like leaning back in that like kind of lounge chair, like one yeah. that they had. Oh, I was like, I-, I would give anything to be Phyllis on a hot day. Like she just is doing it absolutely right. I mean, I would 100%. love the ice lollies as well, but... Oh, the feet in the cold water. Oof, so nice. Yeah. Uh, so on the subject of uh, midwives, we've, we've touched a little bit about Trixie. Um, yeah. But Trixie with the engagement presents, giving them all back. Like those parcels, I thought you might quite like those parcels, Bex, and the brown paper and the... Uh, and Do you the- know what, though? I think she's in the days of sending letters. Thank goodness she doesn't have to tell everybody face-to-face what's happened. She can just write them a letter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, oh, oh. she just do a big Facebook post. Well, I was going to say, she's also, have, like, nowadays you have to delete all the photos of them as a couple off Instagram, you know, yeah. like all those ones where it's like, oh, I love our weekends together, or like, you know, so happy to do life with you, or whatever, I mean, she'd have to delete She'd have totally them. had the um, Instagram post of, like, a ring. Yes, oh, Trixie definitely would, definitely, definitely. would, for you know sure. What? This is a weird fact I'm just going to share with you right now. Um, I'm not Facebook official with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in a relationship on there. I'm not like, you know, people like, in a relationship, it's complicated. We're married. I just find the are whole you, thing cringe. 
Are you friends with your husband on Facebook? Uh, no, we are. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> but I'm not like in a relationship with or married to. I'm just nothing. I don't oh, see, I like think that's that. fine. I think that's yeah, fine. I, I think, think Facebook is. Com- yeah, Facebook statuses and everything to me are just like, yeah. who cares? Yeah, yeah, and I'm not even yeah. on Facebook, so I can't. I can't. Well, you are yeah. as we call the midwife now. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was logged on once. Anyway. <laughs> oh wait! Oh wait! Okay, we're we're not going to say names, but do you guys remember um, when we were in uni and there was a girl who got engaged and then her engagement broke up and she didn't give back any of the engagement stuff? Remember, wasn't this the first year she got engaged to her boyfriend and then they broke yeah. up? And we had, and as as a group of friends, like we had all given her like stuff at, to celebrate the engagement, and then they broke up at some point, like not like really not that long after. And we were like, well, can we have all of our stuff back? And she was like, no, I'm not giving any. I didn't. I didn't ask for anything back. Um, I don't think we. I don't think we asked for anything. I think we just talked about it amongst ourselves, and then. But that's right never... in the chat because Becky was looking really confused. No, I did know. I knew who she was talking about. That's just. I've just got a confused look in my on my face. <laughs> Bex is like, I have resting confused face. Well, um, all I've is she fed that she fed homeless people for a whole year and didn't remember it. So you know. <laughs> <I didn't> know. <laughs> Well, and famously never knew she had an ice cream cone until her mother had to tell her she had when she was like 30 years old. so insulted your mum. Anyway, um, so anyway, back to Trixie. So she's doing all the engagement part stuff. Also, can I just say, poor Trixie do it all. You know what I mean? He's probably got some of his, maybe hopefully he's given them to his parishioners or something. But And it's just so awkward living so near to each other. Oh oh my God. Yes. Can we talk about Trixie's hair as well? I feel like Trixie's hair went up a gear from the last episode. <laughs> it really Same. did. It really Same. did. Yeah. And yeah, was it a wig or was that her actual hair? I think it I was think just was teased to the gods. Yeah, I think they just, I think they just teased it up and like sprayed it to the, with an inch yeah. of its life. Yeah, definitely. But well done, Trixie, for biting the bullet and going to see Tom and have a big chat. Yeah. yeah. But we should say that it was, um, it was a mirror cartoon that triggered her to do that because it was when they when she oh. was well when Farouk was talking about the fact that his mum had followed his father over to England that she really I and last week I was very like Follow the to the moon yeah oh to the moon yeah and I last week I was like no if Trixie wasn't an alcoholic she could totally just marry Tom and do this job whereas now I see that actually she wouldn't have followed him because no, she just but- doesn't love him that much Exactly, but also the, the I thought it was quite inappropriate that when they actually did have their chat, they had it on the bench where he proposed. Like they could have done it somewhere a bit, <laughs> a bit less triggering, iconic in their relationship. Yeah, exactly. Okay, wait. Here we won't have to go into a huge big thing. But here's a question for you guys: Do you really think that like love will conquer all? Like, if like, do you really think that if you love someone enough, like you'll make anything work, or do you think at a certain point love just isn't enough in a relationship? You've got like basically someone's always got to be prepared to compromise, and if both of you are prepared to compromise, then one of you just getting is you're going to get resentful, aren't you? So yeah, no, no is the short answer. Everyone has to compromise. Yeah, and I think it just depends entirely on the circumstances. Like sometimes it's just not enough. Well, I don't, I don't think with Tom and Trixie. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I agree, it's not enough. If you're not with the right person, doesn't matter how much love you have, like you are not going to be able to like make it work. Um. But in the case of like Tom and Trixie, I don't think either one of them could have loved each other 
more and then like made it work out. You know what I mean? Like there were just things that were fundamentally not gonna work out. And like, you shouldn't have to make yourself unhappy because you love somebody or to like do something that will then like make the relationship work. Like if if it's just not working for you and I'm not talking about little things, I'm not talking about petty things. Al, to your point, I 100% agree. I think compromise is absolutely fundamental, but I'm talking about like when there are big things, like just because you love each other, like, no, I mean, it's you need the love you need all that you know but anyways I just and I think it's a real light bulb moment for Tracy like she just realizes that yeah it's not what she thought it was but hopefully that helps her move on as well yeah Yeah. and I I think I think there's a lot to be said for like having a romantic ideal like something you really aspire to and then like really really like and, and keeping that not losing that but then like really dealing with the real world when it comes right down to it you know because I think there's a lot of stuff about Tom that she absolutely was like oh he's perfect for me you know like da, 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 da. You, we all know the whole list right and then but it just it's still not the right person anyway mm-hmm. oh I don't know they just like I'm glad they got married in real life if they didn't I would have been so sad about this <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, just uh, not the right person. Um, on that, um, did anyone notice Compline again this week? I I saw a scene where they were in there, but I only noticed main characters in there. Sorry, there were extra nuns this week, and it's not the right people because it should be us. Can we start a campaign? <laughs> Hashtag yes. recall the midwife for Compline. Compline, recall yeah. in Compline. Yes, yeah. that's what our that's what our hashtag should be. Recall pod in Compline. We'll, we'll we'll work it out. We'll make a better one. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, we 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 need to be those we need to be those nuns in Compline. Yeah. If anyone knows any writers or anyone who works on the show, runner, producer, makeup, let it be known yeah. that this has that's to happen. Nice. There's three of us. Helen George, if you're listening, get in touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right heroes and zeros ladies right so my zero is going to be sister mary cynthia <gasps> that's your zero yeah okay all right she's Go off i mean i appreciate that she's her life has now gone in a different direction but i just feel like she's completely i know that her and trixie aren't on the same paths anymore but i just i don't i don't like the way she's just dropped trixie she castigated her yeah. Mm-hmm. So my mm-hmm. zero is sister, sister Mary Cynthia. My hero this week is going to be Barbara for a Nancy Drewing. Nancy Drewing! Yeah. And also, did you notice at the end when um, Amira is back in clinic with a baby um, and there are other, now I don't know whether they're Indian or Sleti, but there are other women from other ethnic minorities so mm. as Alex said at the start, it's the start, like Barbara's bringing them into the clinic. Yeah, that, that yeah. literally yeah. was my, yeah, that literally yeah. was my hero, but you can have it, I love it. I'm sorry. No, she's literally, <laughs> she's sorry. bringing them into the community. Yeah, Next, there we don't go. worry, because Alex's hero is going to be Barbara for like the next like 15 weeks. So like, <laughs> don't even worry about that. Like, we all know where that's going. So, yeah. Right, Jen? Uh... Okay, I'll go first. Um, I may, I may steal yours. Okay, my zero this week is summer. I just, I, I'm not a sum, I'm not a summer girly. Okay, I'm not doing summer. We're about to head into summer. I live in a place with a hot climate. I'm not excited about it. I don't want to do it. And as a extremely pale, 
person, a person of pale skin experience. This summer, summer is my like natural born en enemy. Okay. So when I tell you that I am so blessed to live in a time where really SPF like technology is wonderful. Like I am so excited about wearing SPF. I wear SPF every day, all year round as everyone she, should. She tells us she tells, she tells us to wear constantly, yeah. yeah. Yes, listeners, you need to wear sunscreen every day, okay? <laughs> yes, you use your to... platform, do it. Yes, listen, I finally have a voice, I finally have a public forum, and I am just going to take a quick moment to step on my soapbox and say, you need to wear, be start wearing sunscreen every single day. If your skin is exposed to the sun during daylight hours, you need to have SPF on. But, um, so really, also, my... Also, Jen, you do you tell me that I even need to wear it when it's not sunny? When it's not sunny, yes, yeah. exactly. It doesn't matter what the weather is. If the sun is out and if it is daytime, 365 days a year, you have to have SPF on. The only time you don't have to wear SPF is if it's dark outside. And I- Do you know what I wondered though? Maybe they didn't have to back then because there wasn't ozone damage. No, no, they had to, but they, SPF wasn't invented. Like I, I Googled it early, remember? Like SPF didn't exist until the 1970s. But maybe they didn't get sunburn as bad because there wasn't the ozone damage. Oh, well, that's probably true. Yes. But um, so scientific. I know I'm, I'm well, I, mean, <laughs> I do consider myself to be an SPF scientist. Like I have read a lot about it. But I will say this, like you can also protect yourself other ways. You can wear hats, you can wear protective clothing, you can wear <laughs> like any, any of those shade, definitely take advantage of shade whenever possible. I mean, there's lots of ways to protect yourself from the sun. I mean, I'm just when I tell you, like, I have stories of really severe sunburns in my childhood, and all of my family have stories. I mean, there's a story my dad used to tell of his sister getting a sunburn. And like, I'm telling you, this is family canon. Like we have literally passed the story down on generations. So sun damage and the people of Poplar should have known better because I'll tell you what, the people in Poplar were all pale, 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 pale people like me. And they should not have been wearing all those sleeveless dresses and like tank tops and no hats, no anything. I know it's hot, but come on, come on. Anyway, so everybody pray for Jen this summer. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I'm pretty thrilled because we're gonna get West wear SPF. I do actually wear it every day. <laughs> I know you guys do. I know you. Guys I've do. started. To, I'm trying, Jen. Maybe every other day I'm there. <laughs> okay, well, I just have to keep on going after you a little more then. So now that I've taken that super long wind winded zero, um, so my hero is gonna be just seeing Sister Evangelina again. I I just I love to see her. It, it's not a big one. It's not like really revelatory or whatever. But I just think she's the best and. Um, yeah, that's gonna be my yeah. hero. I'll give it she to was her. very encouraging of Sister Mary. Cynthia. Yeah, she was. I've never seen her be that kind before, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, like fully yeah. kind without a jive to someone else at the same time to well, counteract the niceness. Like when she showed up, like we haven't seen her for a couple of episodes because she's been away, you know, recovering. And I just thought, oh, and I was oh, no. so excited to see her again. And I was like, oh, when's she coming back and everything? And she just always has like really great one-liners. And, you know, so yeah, I'm going to give her the hero this week. Okay. So my hero, it was going to be Barbara, but it's not going to be anymore. Um, <laughs> it's going to be Josie. Um, oh. The, the Letty speaker. Because also in the scene you spoke about, it's Josie in the background working there as like it, taking up a free time. She's not going to be paid, but translating for these women. I just think that is so amazing that she's done that with this little, and she said it made her feel closer to her dad. And I just think it's a whole positive thing to be doing for a community. So well done, Josie. That was really amazing for her. Um, I, just, I just really liked it, but obviously it was Barbara, the whole thing behind it. I love her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my zero this week is specifically 
the man with the sunburn who wanted to wait for the for a nurse because he didn't even look that sunburn <laughs> and he was wearing a vest and I wanted to punch his face in. Um, so. <laughs> also, I hate to say it again, I'm just going to go back on myself. But like, what do you think a nurse is going to do for you? What? I mean, you made a joke about aloe vera, but like, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the only way to treat a sunburn is to put ice packs, put aloe vera, like make sure you take the heat out of it as quickly as possible, hence ice packs, and then basically moisturize the skin because at this point you've literally burned it off and you just want to make sure that it doesn't like seize up and then like crack and get, you know, like other damage or whatever. So like, what do you think a nurse is going to do? She ain't going to give you any, I don't care what year it is. In 2023, she's not going to give you anything for a sunburn. Not going to lie, Jen. I don't think he was very cerebral. <laughs> it's just an actor being told to do that, but as far as you have I think, a lot of like medical training, it was a right so. thicko. So, uh... <laughs> well, you know what else? There was a mom and daughter in the clinic too, who yeah. was like, "Oh, you know, like something, something," and she's like, "Oh no, I think we'll just come back. I don't really want to. I don't really think you're going to be able to help me with this." And and her daughter had like a whole ring of like red around her like neck and like on her shoulders and everything, and it was just like. Okay. Oh, you know, yeah. There was one year I went to Glastonbury. It was the first year of uni. Do you remember? And we came back in time for mm-hmm. the thingy. And um, mm-hmm. I went to Glastonbury and I had and I, I'd covered myself in sun cream. I was really good, apart from I forgot the back of my neck. And to this oh. day, oh, I was in agony. And I've still got, and I was absolute. I was just drinking vodka and orange all the time. It, you know, wasn't really thinking that much. <laughs> and um, I can't have vodka and orange anymore. It's put me off for life. Anyway, um, I had the worst sunburn just at the top of my neck. And I've still got so many freckles there from sun yeah ridiculous yeah yeah like please take care of yourselves this summer and by the way regardless of your skin tone okay regardless of your skin tone every color of skin needs to be wearing spf it doesn't matter if you're a very very pale person if you're a very very deep skin tone everybody needs to be wearing spf every day of the year, but especially the Western Hemisphere is heading into their summer season. Please take care of yourselves, protect yourself from sun damage. Skin cancer is so preventable. I'm just telling you, like, please be Jen careful is in there. collaboration with Basil Ehrman here. Anyway, so. Jen is going to be launching a separate beauty podcast, surely, <laughs> skincare. I would love to. I would be honored to do it, but I just. Yeah, you'd be actually really good at that. Um, <laughs> me, me and Becky just be there trying it out. Um, so I think that's everything is it has anyone else got anything else to say about any of the episode oh um no I loved all the presents everybody brought to Dr. Turner I thought that was so sweet I know we already covered it but I just thought it was so there were so many no I love the fuzzy the fuzzy sweets one the fuzzy he was like the kids have brought them they got a bit of fuzz on and I was like (laughs) (laughs) and on that note uh, next week, we will be listening <laughs> to Series 4, Episode 6. Yes. 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 Episode six, and I've got a lot out. to say about that episode. Oh, I've not on that. I've not, I can't remember I it. Even, I don't not even know what happens yet. in that one. Yeah, I can't. I literally can't remember Ooh, what it, which one it's about. I'm excited. Oh. Excited. Have you oh, already written oh, notes oh. and everything, Bex? I've not, I've not written notes, but I've, I've watched it. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, and you, get to, and you get to do the synopsis for it. So you'll do a really, really good yeah. one. Yeah. Ooh. Cover all the bases. So please follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, um, subscribe to us. Remember to like and subscribe and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you like to listen through there. And we will hopefully see you next week. So if you watch the episode and then you can listen along with us. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you. See you next week. Wear your SPF. Bye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.